eating? Got a candy cane. Why? Are you 12? What's that from? It's Christmas, Rob. Oh, of course. Well, have you been decorating your tree? <laughs> I'm looking at it. Mm. There's loads of candy canes on it. I was like, they ain't going to be eating so much. I want to have one there. Uh, so like, like old school Victorian Christmas tree covered in candy canes? Yeah, do you not get like... All I get for Christmas is a lump of coal and an orange. <laughs> <laughs> well, just to take back to your box that you live in on the street. Yeah, under, under the snow, under the stairs. It's Harry Potter, isn't it? I live under the stairs. <laughs> and I just eat candy cane and coal. It's very nice. <laughs> People literally did get that, didn't they? Yeah, if you were bad, you just get a you get a peat lump of coal and a clementine. Mm. Oh yeah, I love a tangerine. Do you get one in your um, Christmas sock stocking? Do you still get a stocking? Yeah, got a stocking every year. Oh, lucky. Uh, what else is using in there? Chocolate. And, you know, just like odds and sods. Yeah. They're pretty cool. When I was a child, we would get our stockings at the end of it. It used to be a really exciting bit that we'd wake up. Um, my sister and I would probably maybe share a room before Christmas night, so it would be exciting. Or if we didn't, then I would probably be up early and go into her room, and we would open our stockings. Uh, we didn't, like, buy, like, a old cliched stocking from Clinton's cards or anything. We did, like, put out a rugby sock, and it would get filled with tangerines, chocolate gold coins, mm-hmm. um, nuts, almonds and walnuts and things from a mixed nut bag. Yep. And maybe just a couple of tiny little prezzies in there as well. And even though we knew exactly what would be in there every year, it was thrilling. It was exciting to get that. Exactly. I mean, mm. that's what Christmas is all about, which has got nothing mm. to do with this episode of Social <laughs> Athletic. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of costumes, I went into the Brighton and Hove Albion football shop. Oh yeah, yesterday to do some uh, shopping, and uh, they've got loads of stuff for my dog. They've got a nice Brighton and Hove. They've got a whole bandana, dog range, which I'm going to get him. Yeah, they do. Yeah, oh, wow, everything you could need. Yeah, beanie hats, Christmas hats. They've got it all. Oh wow, that's smart, aren't they down yeah. there? Yeah, go goals. Yeah, very good. Go goals. Go, go goals. Seagulls. <laughs> Um, kind of you to say speaking of costumes, but we weren't really speaking of costumes. This <laughs> no, part of the problem. But thanks, <laughs> thanks, James, for trying to shift us on. Because the plan here, of course, was to to, to, to do an episode on the back of the hit, uh, the hit episode best kits. Mm. It did get us thinking about some of the kits that we've worn on the stage, otherwise Very known good. as costumes. Costumes, yeah, costumes, <laughs> kits for the stage, costumes, yeah. Very good segue. <laughs> because, well, in our preparation for that episode, you did say to me, stand by, I'm going to ask you about costumes. And then yeah, I did. you never did. No, uh, I partly because we ranted on about the uh, merits of various kits. Yeah. Um, and we needed to get the episode under an hour. We'll probably do more episodes about kits as well in the future. Yes. It was, um, yeah. it was well it's received, wasn't it? still to discuss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, costumes. What I mean, getting a costume fitting is always an interesting part of a job, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, it can be quite exciting, it can be nerve-wracking, because the first part of it, of course, is that often on the first day of a rehearsal, if you're an actor, if you're directing a show, you've talked about this way ahead, just a little note to all actors then, productions don't start the day you rock, rock up to rehearsals. Oh, They've generally God. been going months before you lot. No um, wonder they're all pissed off on the first day of rehearsals, then, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> but often, uh, the way a first day of rehearsal will often go is the company will do a meet and greet and everyone will arrive and have a sort of fake befriendery that will set the whole production vibes in motion and then there'll be a read-through and then the set and or 
costume designer will show the set and some sketches around the costumes, which generally is a very exciting moment for actors because mm. they get to see the model box of the set that they're going to be working on. And it's something, there's something Doll's House about the scale of it, which in itself is quite exciting. Yeah. But also, you get to visualize the set and the scale and how oh, well that's your first insight into how much money they're going to spend and how extravagant it's going to be <laughs> or whether it's a one set design one location where everyone goes ah oh, it's brilliant but it's slightly it's, disappointing because you're like yeah, oh that's a bit shit yeah and that's yeah. it um but then the costume sketches are always quite fun because you get to see an artist impression of this is always a good moment because the designer is often a very good artist and they'll have done a sketch of a person wearing your costume or an artistic impression of the person and they always look really cool or artistic really or cool. cartoony yeah. or handsome or something chiseled yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah and then and they haven't actually seen the picture of who's been cast <laughs> and then you see your costume design and then so begins the compromise yeah um, but what have been some of your best costume moments? Yeah, I've, I've had I've had a few. I think what's what's good about costumes are well, they're very important. They're a part of your character. They get you, especially on the first day of, as you've just so eloquently told us all about. The first time you see your costume, it's the first step of the journey to embody that character. And when you put your costume on for the first time, I find it quite a, an important seminal part of the rehearsal process because it's something you're going to yeah, wear seminal. for a while. Uh, it's yeah. going to be, you know, part of your character, part of who you are on stage. Mm. Um, mm. So I love costumes. I hate costume fittings. Yes. I hate them. They're laborious, very impersonal. You you do feel like a bit of meat and they're just sort of <laughs> dressing you and you're like, okay, d- do you want to know how I feel in this or am I just going to wear it because it looks good for the design aspect? Yeah, that can be an interesting battle, can't it's it, when you're not nice. comfortable in it and you're like, and they're like, so, um, so yeah, this is what you're wearing and <laughs> they're like, really thrilled and excited to reveal and you go, oh, um, I look oh. like a sack of shit. Why oh, do I want yeah, to wear this? Thanks. Um, I mean, is this the size? Yeah. Oh no. But obviously, we can we we can take it in, or or more commonly, um, no, no, no. We can we, we can take it out. Don't worry. That's fine. We'll put a panel in there and a panel in there, and it'll all be fine. Yeah. Um, so yeah. it's quite an important part of the process. Now, I also like costumes because, especially if you're doing something that's a little bit out there, you get to play dress up, which mm. is just brilliant. Um, and I've got a, yeah. cu- got a couple of cool costumes that I loved so far in my journeys. I did um, a Napoleonic War um, TV oh, series yeah. called uh, Vanity Fair uh, by William Makepeace Thackeray. Yes. Big budget. Thackers. Thackers, yeah. Big budget ITV1 primetime thing. I was about four or five episodes of it, which is great. Uh, Michael Palin, Monica Dolan, Johnny Flynn, Charlie Rowe. Fantastic cast. And I was cast as a an ensign or an ensign. I really should have yes. asked them. I don't. It's quite hard. Ensign is. I think it was ensign in terms of Britain, but I can't remember. Is it ensign? Mm. Ensign. Anyway, and the ensign is the flag bearer when they're at, um, yes. at war. Is this so, when the horse farted on you? Yeah, the horse. That was horrible. That was yeah, really horrible. So I'm mm. the flag bearer. So in one of the episodes when we're marching to the Battle of Waterloo, I, I'm at the front of the column carrying the 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 colors the the standard the flag and i'm dressed in just the most like perfectly period red coat big tall long hat big black boots white gorgeous cotton trousers and i'm not gonna lie ladies and gents i look pretty smart 
I yeah. look pretty, pretty smart. And it's probably my favourite costume. And we did a scene in... Um, we filmed it Mayfair as well. We did a scene in a gentleman's billiard room, um, hall sort of thing. And it was the same sort of jacket, but it was like in smart mode. So the lapels were like folded in and then buttoned in. So my white shirt was showing and I had like yeah. a white dicky bow tie thing. And I, I'm not going to lie, ladies and gentlemen, I look really, really cool. I look really, really <laughs> smart. And it's my favorite costume by far. I, I love that. I mean, it's just, you know, when the hell am I ever going to wear that again? It was amazing. Yeah. Unless I do Adam Ant, a tribute band, I'm not. So yeah, it was brilliant. And I loved it. So I think you described the category of the period costume, love which it. is when, when you're in a period drama, a period play, and you have to get the costume. That's always quite an exciting part because mm. it, it really is part of the transportation of you from some West London rehearsal room. And you, it's the first time you actually start to feel that you're getting into the period. And it yeah. really, really does it's really support the whole performance and the production. I've had a few of those over the years. Often on period shows and a lot of TV things, you end up having to go to the big costumers called yep. Angels. Angels. In North London. Yeah, which is sort of Watford way, north, yeah. quite North London, in a huge warehouse. And they are the traditional, being around a long time, absolute dominant player of costumeers right across the film, TV and theatre industry. And you go there and the appointments are booked and they've got little fitting rooms and it is a warehouse, honestly, the, you know, the it's size huge. of yeah. three or four football pitches yeah. with costumes from iconic movies around the years and the reception area is full of some of these costumes as worn by famous actors throughout yeah. the years oscar winning performances etc so that in itself apart from the shithole journey to get to watford on two trains it's and three that, buses it's not that far is it i thought it was just past hendon yeah hendon way that's right it's not but it is it is a bit of an arse to get to and it's not you have to get a bus from some train station or yeah, the but um, yeah, it's always quite a thrilling experience to go to until you're, you know, then humiliated in front of all those sort of overlit mirrored rooms, dressing rooms with, uh, you know, some costume assistant squeezing exactly. you into something. But exactly. You've just said it. No, you've nailed on. It's, it's very, um, you don't know these people. You're taking all your kit off and then they're just sort of standing there going, no, oh, you look a bit shit. And I'm like, all right, okay, I will yeah. put me in something else. I'm like, no, you still look a bit shit. And you're like, all right, yeah. fine. And then I'll try something else. And I go, no, that doesn't fit. So it is quite um, it's quite a vulnerable experience, but um, yeah, I, I, they are costume fittings are crap. I don't like costume fittings. I've had a few of them at Mansfield Park. I did at drama school, which I was playing uh, Henry Crawford. I think it was a cad, and that was properly like you know in britches, um, showing off a bit of calf mm. um, and you know a nice whiskered and good <laughs> like velvet jacket, <laughs> uh, and you do really feel, and you've got those little slippery shoes with a, a little small heel, heel yeah. um, which is uh, always fun and gets you in and you go off and do a bit of traditional dancing did you have to do any of that in vanity fair did you have to learn any well, any dances no there was no dances there but um at drama school we did the rover by afro ben uh, um, yeah yeah uh, directed by fiona led and that was very much lots of dancing lots of yeah I can't, you know, handkerchief acting and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, all that everything. stuff. And the, ma- and the makeup and all that kind of stuff. That was a fantastic yeah. costume. I think dr- drama school, they know how important costumes are. Not only for the for us as actors 
to prepare ourselves for the professional world, but also for the costume departments at drama schools. Yeah. So it, it's yeah. dealt like a professional kind of thing. And the cost, some of the costumes we had at Central were brilliant, absolutely brilliant, really, really smart. Better than some professional yeah. costumes I've had in my career. Yeah. Um, I did a tour of Christmas Carol playing um, young Scrooge, and uh, that's all that Dickensian kind of yeah. outfits, top hats, you know, with a bit of foam put round the middle because there's only a limited amount of top hats that are actually wearable. And so it doesn't really matter the size of your head. They'll just pad it out with foam inside to yeah. squeeze it onto your head. Um, but that was fun. And then, of course, recently I did The Dresser with Matthew Kelly and Julian Clary where I was playing Kent. It's a play within a play where the lead character, Sir, is playing King Lear on a regional tour during the war. And so there are scenes where... You, you we cut to slightly off stage the um storm scene in Lear, and so i was playing kent in that and that was the old classic britches and oh, elizabethan heavily embroidered um ruffled tops and great velvet hats and we as part of the production to be faithful to the period of that particular production of the play within the play we're wearing quite heavy makeup yeah you know like whitened face and yeah yeah yeah, yeah. red dots in the eyes and all that sort of stuff like yeah, old no. cliche stage makeup lacquered on which was always quite fun yeah. so yeah there's something about the traditional period costume yeah well i did warhorse as well so i i, yes. was, I did uh, a year in the west end wearing khaki and woolen uniforms which was really fun yeah really were they authentic heavy ones yeah proper proper ones they were really quite tough especially now this country doesn't really get very hot but in every summer i've worked in the west end there's been a monumental heat wave (laughs) like monumental (laughs) the worst one was actually evan um it was like 40 degrees in the middle of london it was horrible um but warhorse was a bad one it was about 37 38 degrees now wearing full military wool khaki jackets incredibly heavy caked with mud as well as and all that kind of stuff um that was really tough i mean i'm saying that as an actor who portrays a soldier on the west end i'm not actually a soldier how the hell they actually did it back in you know in real time world war one and world war two how the hell they managed to do that in the heat and all that kind of stuff it was horrible i thought i was going to pass out every time in fact so much so that i asked the company manager to install a freezer in the green room so we could all eat um, tip-tops to keep us cool. <laughs> and I've done that in every subsequent job I've ever done. If I know I'm going to work over summer, I always like, hey, have we got a freezer in the building? I'm like, no. Yeah. I'm like, can we get one? And then if they go, no, I just I, do, I get a whip rant from the, from the cast members. Like, we've get got down to, get to Argos. One. We've got to get one. We've got to get a freezer. But yeah, but they were brilliant. And yeah. So, that's, uh, that begs, so we've had classical period costume and then there's productions where they're modern dress yeah where you are but it's contemporary set and so you're wearing stuff that isn't a million miles away from what you'd be wearing already mm-hmm. which is a bit of a different challenge isn't it because you're putting on stuff and you don't really feel like you're adorning a character yeah you know the costume really is sort of unremarkable and not massively playing into it so in evan you know what you were t-shirts jeans and a backpack or something weren't you yeah i mean it was evan's sort of a bad example because i wouldn't have worn any of his clothes because he had a horrendous um taste in, in clothing i mean i mean he would have been 16 15 16 17 um, yeah, unlike your sartorial self 
Yeah, exactly. I wear, you know, like mm. um, crisp suits everywhere and look very mm. smart. Obviously not. Yeah. Um, but uh, you see, there is a there is a solution to that. The idea that when you go into a a part that's going to be commercial, especially on telly, you just ask. Well, I've done this a few times. I will go to costume fittings wearing something I think the character could wear, and oh, I'm telling yeah. you, nine times out of ten, they've gone. Have you got that coat that you came in in? Have you got that in the? Have you got that in the waiting room? I'm like, oh yeah, do you want, do you want to go and get it? Like, yeah, that that could really work. So for like three or four like BBC One dramas I've done, I've worn my the same barber coat that's mine because <laughs> yes. I keep wearing it because I know it's gonna be good. Yeah. One of my favourite costumes I've ever worn was Curious Incident: The Dog in the Nighttime. Yeah. Purely because it was the most comfortable clothes I've ever worn in my life. What was it? it? Was tracky so bottoms. Good. Tracky bottoms, but not like normal tracky bottoms. The loosest and like lycra esque, um, loosest and lycra esque. No, no, no. So like there was lycra in it, as in lycra, right? Just stretch. You say it wasn't tight at yeah. all, but it was so loose. And because obviously we have to do like backflips off the stage and like front flips and run around and all the movement stuff. Everything was designed to be comfy, so it was like oh, the yeah, warmest, nice. nicest hoodie, um, like stretched t shirts, and then like knee pads <laughs> that used to. I had to wear knee oh. pads because in some of the movement stuff. Christopher's on his knees, you know, like pretending he's in a spacecraft or something. But come, I'd have to change them at half at the at half time. I'd have to change them at interval because if <laughs> I kneeled down, the sweat would have got into the foam and I could hear them squelch. Yes, it was absolutely wow. So, um, but I loved that costume and I've, I, I nicked one of the hoodies. I mean, we should we shouldn't really talk about. It, but oh you know, yeah, I have I have have you? St- I mean, I I have. I've stolen something from every job I've ever done. Have you? Bad? It's I often a costume it. item, isn't it? Yeah, everything I've also, ever done. I mean, I've often from. you can often buy a bit of costume as well. From yeah, yeah. The, you know, because the war, you know, whoever sourced the costumes for the wardrobe team, whether it's the designer or the mm. costume designer, you know, they've got a budget and they're happy to recoup a bit of money back and they'll yeah. flog it to you for I, 10, I, 15 quid or whatever. And it's great. And you're like, ooh. And I, I just recently in, I did a show called Prism. Um, and there was a really lovely Burberry shirt, I think, that one of the characters wore. Nice. And I was like, oh, can I have that? And yeah, I got it for like 10, 15 quid or something. Oh, I love it. You see, I love stories like that. And and you see it on people on Graham Norton and like famous people. It's like, have you taken any costume? And it's like, yes, of course we have. I've got most of Jared's stuff in there because I was so emotionally attached to that part. I've got his, I've got t-shirts. I've got um, a hoodie that I'm like I wear to bed because it's cold. Oh, at the moment. That's interesting. So when you wear it now, what does it feel like? It's very. Does it, it always qu- conjure a memory, or is it defaulted into your? A hundred percent. I mean, repertoire a, now. I, there's a couple of things that I I will wear every day. Actually, I I really shouldn't say this, but it's quite bad. And if the costume, well, the, who was on costume was a very good oh, friend. What do you do in it? No, I no, I I I took. Um, Jared's Apple Watch. Yeah, it's a work. Jared had a, a working functional Apple Watch. Yeah, so I, I remember on my first costume fitting, it was That's like, oh, next go- level stealing. Ah, oh, sharp. Shut That's up, actual shut- thieving. Shut the fuck up. Listen, so <laughs> I, so in my first costume, ah, oh, this is really bad. Actually, I'm going to get told off for this. In my first costume fitting, Jared has an Apple Watch. And I was mm. like, oh, okay, cool. So it'll be a fake one. And they were like, no, no, no. We've just got like a cheap, like first or second generation one. And or like one you get free with vitality insurance policies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Something like yeah. that. It was like, oh, you can um, just wear wear that one for now that I've got, that we've got with us now. And it mm. turned out to be a decent one. And then when I got to the theatre, 
for tech rehearsals and obviously that's when you start to get into your costume mm. it was the same one and i was like oh my god and i'm not going to say her name because she might get into trouble but uh what too late what, i'm not going to say her name well, they might know already anyway she came in and, and i said oh it's the same app what she said yeah um we've just got to let the battery run down and then i'm just never going to charge it for the next couple of years that we're on and i was like oh so it's a, we're going to use the real one she was like yeah it's fine just and then i'll put some she had to put some like glue on top of it so anti-shine the light stuff anti-shine stuff yeah to stop the lights glaring and at the end of the job i was like have they said anything about this apple watch and she was like no so you can just take it if you want she's from newcastle okay so you've now released the oh, regional area yeah yeah okay uh she was from um scotland so mm. she- <laughs> to be honest that is actually what it sounded like no mind you anyway she was good shut up <laughs> she was good so i she said you can take it so i took it she was like i don't know if it works anymore came home charged it up free apple i watch. oh lovely oh so it was with consent sort of yeah yeah Oh, that's fine. That's totally I don't think she, I don't think she cleared it with the Americans, but we don't no. need to tell them. That's fine. No, we don't need to tell them. They have you? Anyway. So, what, what have you stole? What have you nicked? Well, I, 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 uh, I'm incapable of stealing anything. Unfortunately, it's Bollock. I still have my mother's voice in my head whenever I, you know I can't steal a mushroom. But <laughs> I, um, I mean, it makes me think when I start Cory, you obviously you go in and they have to assemble a wardrobe for the character. You know, like one that is recurring, that is for you all time, like the character has a wardrobe at home. And then it keeps getting drawn from in each episode. Oh, so that, really you know, each point, time actually. you go into the set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they obviously, for continuity, have to keep a track on all the stuff on what days it was worn, whether it's morning or evening, if you've got changed or not. And that's all part of the costume department's job is to know when you know you've worn something and also they've got to be aware that you're not repeating the same outfits day after day after day yeah. um and so that was that was quite funky sort of like having that discussion with the costume designer to think oh you know what does Lawrence wear mm. uh what kind of shop she said to me what shops do you think Lawrence goes to so obviously I was like uh Gucci Versace <laughs> Smith sort of stuff I imagine you know he's a dentist <laughs> and a lot of money um but um, she's like no probably, um, but I was like I think he'd shop at yeah I, was like, I think he'd shop at Reese quite a lot. And I think, so. you know, the odd little Zara bits Zara, and then, you know, really yeah, good yeah. footwear. I was like, so she was like, great. And then she went off to Reese, went off to Zara, came back with a lot of stuff. We Love tried it. things on and sort of assembled a wardrobe, which was really good. And even obviously now my character's left and is out of story. If I come back in, that'll still be there. Yeah, they'll keep that. Yeah. So in their wardrobe department, they'll have all the characters through the ages, you know, within reason, those who are still alive and they'll keep bits and bats of it. Or they'll yeah. certainly have pictures to, to kind of keep the style off. That's so that was always a quite a nice part of it. That's something you don't think about actually, that I've never thought about on a soap that, yeah, they will have their own wardrobe and you're not on it. Yeah. You're not in it for, it's not a series. It's not like six episodes, 10 episodes or something. It, it's a continuous yeah. soap. So you've got, yeah. you know, you're creating They're the, the creatives on soaps. They have to create lives in every single aspect of yeah people's lives a costume including jewelry and as you say watches and rings and you know having like um three pairs of shoes in the wardrobe that are rotated according to the weather yeah you know which coats or scarves he wears and all the rest of that that sort of stuff what i thought was absolutely brilliant though is and we we really must get anthony on actually but anthony cotton who played my boyfriend in the show he's obviously been in it for 20 years and you know he's one of the longest serving most loved characters in the show and his character of course sean 
works in a bar and works in a factory and is doesn't earn a lot of money. That's the nature of the character and who he's playing. Yes, <laughs> Anthony being, you know, so established as he is and the character, the brilliant character that he is, and also whose long-term partner is part of the buying department. He, <laughs> <laughs> he, he, Anthony Cotton's character, Sean, is the best dressed poor person you've ever seen because he always insists on getting really high end coats or high end leather bags from great shops and really good high you know very expensive shoes because he gets them paid for you know by the costume department so because he spends half his life wearing these clothes so any eagle eye coronation viewers really should be going how much money is that factory paying because that's really good you know, Balaga trainers or what, what's the brand that everyone's wearing at the moment? Um, <laughs> Balenciaga. Balenciaga or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, hang on, how come Sean Tully can afford <laughs> Balenciaga I love that. trainers? Fair play to him. Fair yeah, play to him. It's brilliant. It's really good. But, but uh, um, do, you get, do you get attached to them? I mean, after, especially after a long gig, I, I, you get very attached to the items of clothing that you're wearing and you almost don't want to let them because they do become part of your skin. I mean, I've done three long contracts in the west end and i I don't want to get let them go because they're like they're part of my skin they're part of yeah and like saying goodbye to them is quite that's probably why i nick it all Uh, to be fair i didn't nick anything from warhorse i don't think i could steal any of the rifles or i wouldn't want to keep anything or even the horse it's very heavy you can't put it in your bag um yeah but i so you mentioned um wearing a uniform obviously in uh in vanity fair have you ever played a copper or never a fireman, a never or done a doctor, or anything like that. No. Does my face scream casting a copper? I mean, you wouldn't fucking trust <laughs> a two-year-old with a taser, would you? <laughs> no, I've played a copper twice. Yeah. The first was in um, a TV show, uh, American Pilot, called Keen Eddie. It never got commissioned, but I think they did show the pilot, and we filmed in Borough Market. And I had a tiny little part. It was a very early job, and it was I played a copper, and they. If anyone knows Borough Market, there's a lovely coffee shop on the corner called Monmouth Coffee. Yeah, love and Monmouth it's a really coffee. nice place. And they took over that as the green room because we were sort of filming on location. And that was the green room with all the coffee set up and food and snacks in there. But the market was still sort of functioning around. And so I was sat in the green room coffee shop in my police uniform and would just go out and stand on the street sometimes and watch bits of the filming. But because I was in uniform, a lot of the people around just assumed I was a copper. (laughs) And it was a really, really interesting observation to see how people respond to authority in uniforms and symbols of authority that are uniforms like that. How people's reaction, like I saw a van come and park and cheekily get out and go, oh, sorry, God, we'll be a minute. Yeah, and dash yeah, yeah. in and drop things off thinking that I was going to give him a ticket and stuff. Or no people walk by like with eye contact, like looking as though they're partly guilty or they become slightly suspicious looking all of a sudden because you're in this uniform. And yeah. It was a really great part of the job just seeing how people reacted to me. What a cool bit of... I want a cool little, like, social experiment. Just yeah, dress somebody up as a copper and put in the middle of Borough <laughs> yeah. Market. Yeah, yeah. And then, actually, I was in Corrie for one episode years and years ago as well, playing a copper opposite Michelle Keegan, and we were hanging around in a part of Manchester um, and had a similar reaction. We were also papped together and appeared in the sun, chatting away. 
Um, uh, and so, I thought I was going to be like some start of some rumour that I was, you know, dating Michelle Keegan. Or of course, because like being in the sun is obviously such an accolade for you, Rob. Yeah. That's quite embarrassing. <laughs> now, so... What about Son's costume? Have you ever been naked on stage? Didn't we hear about you running naked into the wings of Cambridge Arts Theatre or something? I have been, yes, I have been in, I have worn my birthday suit uh, on stage. Now that, Rob, was fucking terrifying. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> um, have, I t- have I gone into much of this story? I've, no, I've... I think, uh, not huge. I remember you running off uh, into the wings, which we talked about was such a, sh- a small wing there, but... <laughs> Um, yeah, it was. Speaking of small, what was um, <laughs> what was the what was the need for you to be make it, so naked I, on stage? I did. Um, I got offered a part in uh, a room with a view. Uh, fantastic. That's right. uh, I suppose the fact. Have you seen the film? Helena Bonham Carter plays the yes, yeah, romantic yeah. leading female romantic leading. She's absolutely brilliant. Uh, it was a tour directed by Adrian Noble. So oh, yeah. he was uh, ex RSC artistic director, um, yeah. fantastic classical director. Um, so I was like, yeah, sure, I'll do that. Read the book and was like, oh, of course. There's the skinny dipping scene where the brother of the the romantic, who I was playing, Frederick, Freddie, yes. um, goes um, skinny dipping with the romantic lead. I can't remember his name. Reverend. He was a reverend in it. I can't remember his name. Played by Simon Jones, who actually played um, Arthur Dent in the TV series Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Anyway, so, uh, it, and I'm reading the book and I'm like, oh, you know, it'll be, it'll be tastefully done. There'll be some, you know, some reeds or something in the pond that will cover us all and we'll be wearing like nude, whatever. Adrian's like, nope. First day of recording, we're like, Adrian's like, nope. Um, so yeah, we're all after, we'll need to talk about doing, doing the naked scene, of course. Yeah. And I was like, and I phoned my agent. She was like, oh yeah, it was in the contract. Did you not read the contract? And I was like, um, <laughs> no, I skimmed it, but I didn't really kind of believe it or anything. Anyway, so it keeps going, keeps going, keeps going. And we only did it when we went to our first theatre, which was Bath, um, which yeah. you know quite well. Yeah. yeah. Um, you've worked there a few times. It's a gorgeous theatre, absolutely beautiful place. Yeah. Um, I've been to Bath a few times before. I was having a lovely time. And then the day of tech rehearsal came and it was like, shit, we're going to tech this scene now. And Adrian was just like, guys, you've just got to do it. And the three of us looked and it was Tom Morley, Simon Jones and me. And we just looked at each other, right, let's just do it. Um, So backstage, just took all my clothes off and stood Uh, there in the wings, absolutely bonnet naked. And we did it and it was fine. And, you know, they gave us a big round of applause after. I was like, yeah, wicked done it. Wicked. Fantastic. Yeah. And then it's like, it's press night in three days. And we're like, shit, we got to do it in front of like a thousand people. Oh, wow. It was, uh, yeah, it was quite something to be scared of. What was quite funny was my my dresser, (laughs) bless him. And because we're on tour as well, my dresser sort of changed every um, yeah, venue every venue um so i had to kind of go hello i'm yes i'm gonna be um bollock naked running be, yeah. full pat full pelt at you um and it was quite funny especially in cambridge as well because it was such a small wing yeah. i can't remember his name but bless him he was just holding this towel and he was just throwing it on me as i fell off stage and he was just like looking very embarrassed <laughs> it very on. yeah just hooking, hooking it on yeah um but it was quite um I'm I'm really glad I did it, and when, once we'd done Quite it, liberating. Once you've got over oh, it all, hundred percent. And I would do it again now, one hundred and ten percent. I would not. Yeah, I wouldn't even question it. It's fine. Although I think increasingly now, it'd probably be rarely demanded of these days. I think there's mm. funnily a lot more sensitivity about it, and whether it's really justified or appropriate to do it anymore. Yeah. Um, but I, I again, I did it at university in one of my final shows, 
and the director was Teresa Heskins, who now runs the New Vic Theatre in Newcastle under Lyme. And we were doing a an extract of a new play that was part of the MA playwriting course there. And Sarah Kane, who was a very famous a playwright sadly passed quite young but mm. she was famous for quite provocative dramas around major issues around sex sexuality drugs death uh, stuff mm. uh, amazing playwright but only had a few plays in her short life but she was a graduate of that course and so it spawned a lot of writers who came and wrote a lot of provocative stuff yeah and sadly most of it wasn't the quality of sarah kane's writing and at the end of the year, we, the undergraduates had to perform in 20-minute extracts of these plays for the industry, for the writers to get literary agents and stuff. And it was a great part of it. It was called Maps, and it was always really great because you got to play a whole range of parts. But I was asked to be in bed with a girl um, in my year, Lindsay York-Jones, who was playing opposite me. Uh, great. I love Lindsay. And the scene was that I was masturbating uh, her character in bed under a sheet and then, you know, she climaxed and I would then exit the bed and sort of head to the bathroom naked across the stage. So, of course, you know, I'm 20 years old in front of all my peers yeah. in, um, you know, the, the theatre at the university. Um, <laughs> and we'd been rehearsing this up and Teresa was was great. But, you know, she did exactly what Adrian had done to you and just said, look, you just got to do it. You just got to do like, it. Just do it. Like, yeah. Are you yeah. ready? And it was like, I was like, yeah. So I just dropped my pants in the middle of the rehearsal room and sort yeah. of did the scene yeah. and got over it. And then, but you know, there is genuine practical concerns then when you're doing this over a period of time. Theatres, you know, can often be quite cold. cold. You're a little nervous <laughs> going cold. on. So, you know, you do have to, and you're thinking, you know, that the moment you walk on stage, mm-hmm. everyone's eyes will just go straight of course. Of course. Of course they are. I mean, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Did you and have so a you just wanna, I didn't have one. <laughs> you just want to make, you just want to do yourself justice. You know, it's not about, you know, you don't, you don't, you just want it to be representative of, of you in some way. Of you course. know, it's not about, you know, it's not about sort of showing off. It's not no. about, you just want it to be, you know, representative. Well, just representative. Well, and, of course, you know, it's and, very vulnerable. So that it's did a, require it, just a little bit of, a little, little bit. Yeah. bit just, of, I'll stand by the radiator. Encouragement yeah. just to uh, to get that. Yeah. I just <laughs> stand by the radiator for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I, d- I did have something similar in Corrie where I wasn't naked, but you get your scripts about sort of four or five weeks ahead of shooting yeah. um, maximum. And so you re- you frantically read through and see when you're in and what the scenes are and what the stories are, because you've no idea where your story's heading. Yeah. But it emerged that the character of Todd Grimshaw was interested in Lawrence. And to sort of facilitate that story, there was a scene where we were moving furniture into a house and my character took off my jumper to reveal like a white vest underneath. Supposedly, I imagine the right out in their mind that I would then be rippling away so that Todd could catch this and have a moment of, you know, arousal that the camera would catch and then it would move on Mm. and you know he whipped on his jumper two or three times in the scene that became a talking point with Jodie Prenger looking on going oh and and so I when I read this I was like shit I've got four weeks to get fit I've got four weeks to like look sexually arousing here yeah you know if this had been 10 years ago I'd have been quite confident but you know I'm not what I was (laughs) and so I was like I straight on the phone to my friend Blake who's like an Instagram you know bit of an Instagram boy uh you know ripped uh crazy body and I was like right 
what fat reducing tablets do you know what water <laughs> oh, reducing Rob. tablets do you know Rob. but you know what i did i was press upping left right and center i was press upping between takes you would behind have you know anyway, set walls Rob. And, oh, God, I didn't drink alcohol for four weeks and it came oh off God. me. That oh, is yeah, a key it does. lesson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. 100%. If you want to shed weight, um, get off the booth. And then, of course, you know, when I saw saw it on camera, on TV, uh, when it was aired, I was like... Oh, there is something to be said about that. And costumes does come into that. You know, when you... I, I mean, I, I don't know, but I, I, I can't stand watching myself on screen. It's just a horrible, horrible experience in every yeah. sense of the word. Um for many different reasons, but the costume is a part of that because you do, you don't want to look like a knob. This is going around yeah. the country. This is going, it could potentially be going around the world. Literally There's a thousand people watching you, um, in these TV shows and these theaters or whatever. Um, so it is quite important. So you have to feel comfortable in what you're wearing. Otherwise, you know, you're kind of fighting a losing battle really, but yeah. there is a sense of, and especially going back to being son's costume, there is something about, you've just got to go fuck it and just get on with it and you know park your park your kind of ego which is difficult because there's been points where i'm like i'm not wearing that and then it's like yeah i'm not not wearing that what you want about and then yeah. it's like you just have to sort of get on with it really it is and you've got to and that is the that is the challenge because you can't let the costume wear you you've mm. got to wear it yeah exactly, and nor can yeah. you be self-conscious as an actor going out moment because people can perceive it in different ways so you've got mm. to battle through all of that stuff and it is your kit it is your uniform it is yeah it does represent you've colors, got to go yeah. out there and, and i think you know sports people must feel the same when they don that it must trans it must transcend them a little bit in thinking right i am ready i've got my yeah you know i've got my uniform on now i can well, fulfill it's another persona this role for them, i need to go out it, and do it yeah it's another tool yeah. for them to get into character i'm not saying that footballers aren't different before or after but it's like you know this is my this is my battle uniform i'm i'm ready to go and 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 perform and 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 play as well as i can and they they don their costume and that's exactly yeah. what it is um what yeah. is quite weird about footballers and i don't know i'm sure there is practical reasons behind it but it's like all they ha all they can wear is just branded stuff all the time like whenever yes. you see them so like working at the albion you only see the players in their own clothes for like five minutes as they're coming from the car park yeah into so if i'm walking through reception going towards the academy the players will be coming in i'm like oh my god like that's what you normally wear and then for the rest of the day they're just wearing branded stuff like all the yeah. time and it's yeah. just a bit i don't know that pissed me off as a player i think and then there's the art of the wash bag that they carry just under their <laughs> yeah, arm yeah. right you know the, the yeah. sort of branded just cool little motifs bag with whatever. yeah 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 that yeah, they've probably got their own sponsorship deal for yeah, exactly. and whatever headphones they're wearing etc to be on brand and contemporary yeah. and look rich and aloof yeah yeah mm. anyway so um, costumes yeah i mean i, I yeah I, I do like i do like costumes it is fun because essentially we like are costumes, i like man. costumes that I was do like costumes i sounded very very um <laughs> that was not insightful at all thank you very much <laughs> i like costumes see you yes. next week no i'm joking yeah is this they your are, great. hoodie here actually like, oh property of dear evan hansen oh, for fuck's sake this, this, I think this is your hoodie here. Yeah, it is my hoodie. And the thing is as well, it has actually got my name in it. My real one. It's got Dear Evan Hansen, Jack Loxton, Jared Kleiman in it. Oh my God. <laughs> you thief. Yeah, I keep stealing shit. Yeah. Sorry. You wrong Um, All right. Well, uh, stay warm. I will. I've got my hoodie. Yeah. <laughs> it's cold out there. Do you want the time on my Apple Watch? <laughs> I'm time so to breathe time to stand <laughs> time to stand stop telling me to stand leave me alone <laughs> anyway 
Changing into another woman's donated set of clothes Looking different, feeling kind of different too I can't quite explain But when I woke When David wasn't on that plane It's like, like I changed into somebody else but who And it's somehow like we're at a costume party And for a second you are not yourself You are not yourself And you look around and blink your eyes And barely even recognize The person in the mirror who's turned into someone else